0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm right here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello,
1: everyone. Hello, Pete Wright.
0: Nikki, hi. Fancy seeing you here on the podcast. I know. Oh, dear. feels like home. Um, it feels like home. Happy ADHD Awareness Month.
1: Yes, October. Are you?
0: Are you? Sufficiently aware of of ADHD this month.
1: I am so aware, and I am so excited to bring the awareness into the uh, world.
0: So so aware, and I'm I'm most excited for a thing that's happening later in the month. And I we haven't done oh. a, a whole lot of work for it. I feel so I
1: informed now because I watched. Did a you? Game. Yeah. It was yeah. so helpful, and I'm so excited about this.
0: Uh, we're just gonna re- I don't remember exactly when we're going to do it for real, for live, but I think it's going to be a massive team take control tabletop D and D game that is going to be DM'd by Melissa, who is amazing and has done an amazing amount of work oh getting all of us prepared. Uh, with uh, characters and all that stuff. I can't believe it. Are you really?
1: Yes. Like you just saying that, I feel like I now understand what you're talking about, you know, because before I actually saw the game be played, I really did not understand it. I had something in my mind that was just so (laughs) weird and dark. And I just kept seeing dragons because dungeons and dragons. So I kept seeing dragons in dark places. But mm-hmm. it is not what I expected at all, and I'm so excited about it.
0: Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. So that's coming at the end of the month. It's one of the ways we're going to celebrate ADHD awareness. Buff Team ADHD, we're going to do. For, we're going to make it uh, fun. The members. We're <laughs> going to make it fun. That's right. We're going to certainly make it distracted. Um, I am very excited. I have not picked my character yet, uh, but I, have I not understand either. some of us have. I know Marion has is already is already on board. Yes, I think I think Marion's a sorcerer. That should be very exciting. I thought she was
1: like a musician or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, is that That's what that is? User.
1: Okay. So, see, well, yeah, there I'm are still lots learning. of different magic
0: users. <laughs> You're still learning, but it's okay. You're learning. excited. That's I what
1: am. Counts. I'm so excited. That's
0: what counts. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, we're going to do that today. We are continuing our conversations uh, uh, throughout ADHD Awareness Month. And today, we're talking about what normal acceptance looks like in the uh, neurodiverse. Community. Before we dig in, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website, or subscribe to our mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, join us in our ADHD Discord community. It's super easy to jump right into the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com/slash/discord, and you'll be whisked over to the uh, public invitation and log page. But if you're looking for a little bit more, you know what comes next. Head over to Patreon. Patreon is listener supported podcasting. Just visit patreon.com slash the adhd podcast, sign up, and for a few bucks a month, you will continue to support this show. Once you're a patron at the deluxe level or higher, though, you get lots of se- super secret Discord channels. You get access to the podcast live stream where you can come hear Nikki and I talk about <laughs> deeply personal family things, trauma, trauma, for 20 minutes before we start <laughs> recording a show. Uh, you can hear also, we also have a regular entertainment clutch, which we we didn't talk about today. No, We'll have to catch up next week. Anyhow, it's uh, it's lots of good fun. Hang out, ask guest questions in our... Uh, and. Uh, chat right along with the show Um, so patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast lots of great stuff going on there and uh, more coming all right Nikki let's do it one of the things so I got behind on my editing Nikki and because of my travels. Yes. And one of the... So I just edited the show that's going to go live. And it's the show with Cody Lukens, where Cody was talking about Stimara and the Stigmags fidget that, that he and his team have created. Yes. Which are fantastic.
1: Yes, absolutely. And
0: uh, one of the things that we talked about is a non-trivial part of that conversation was on the stigma. It's true. That comes with being an adult. And having things like fidgets, having things that are stereotypically associated with um, ADHD, mm-hmm. right? And and the the impact that having a uh, some sort of a stim tool does to what people think about you, how they judge you uh, in the workplace as an adult, or in family situations, or anything like that. And I've been just really thinking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what happens when there is a massive gap between how we see ourselves and how we are seen.
1: Well, what comes to my mind right off the bat is that how we see ourselves is a much harsher view than what people are actually seeing. Yeah. I I think that, you know, it's really easy with ADHD and with anxiety to think they think the worst or I Mm -hmm. must really stand out right? Because I feel different. Mm -hmm. You don't look any different, but you feel different than everybody else. And so I must really stand out. So I think there is a huge gap there because you're talking about perception, right? Of of what people are, are, how they
0: see you. Yeah. For sure. I Mm -hmm. think it can go the other way, too, though. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially when I think about our community, because there are a lot of people in our community who truly embrace the the things that they need to keep their brains active. And Mm -hmm. uh, I like to think I'm one of them. And uh, and so I have lots of tools and fidgets around. I still have my shock Tato when I need a little bit of punishment. And so (laughs) the what's important there is that when I feel like I have embraced a confidence in the way my brain works, and then I am judged negatively accordingly. That's the other direction, right? That's the other side of that And how do you know that you've stigma. been judged?
1: Do, can you think of a specific time where that's you felt like question. this? That's a great question.
0: Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Because all of a sudden I'm realizing maybe I haven't been, maybe I haven't been judged at all. Uh, and maybe I am just perceiving like I'm being, maybe it's RSD, maybe it's whatever, whatever it is, I'm being a reactionary to what I think someone would judge me for having a spinner or uh, some sort of a fidget in my hand.
1: Or, so we were talking before we got into the show. I know. See? (sighs) done we're done the show's done because now we got pete right thinking that's right (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like wait a a minute did she catch me with something i think
0: i just got caught i think i got
1: caught yeah but no it's interesting because before we were um before we recorded i was talking about a comment that was received and it wasn't um positive and if we were to use that one comment and say, this is how everybody thinks of us, this is what, this is what we are known for, w- we would not have a show anymore because of that one person. Yeah.
0: Right. That one person is a hate torpedo.
1: Right. So, first of all, you can't even think of the person that may have said that. But even no. if you could, even if you said, no, I I can I can think about it, it's you're still judging this whole thing off of just one situation, which is really unfair.
0: Yeah. Be-
1: right. because we're not gonna close our show down for one comment. That's stupid.
0: No, not gonna happen or other podcasts. Good luck. <laughs> <Find another laughs> yeah.
1: Podcast. yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I, I think the gap is big and I think that it starts internally on um what what we think of ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the the trick is that I uh, what you what you caught me doing. <laughs> Jeez. What you caught me doing is creating my own gap. Yeah, that's it. I created the gap. I I created the gap and it's a gap I think about all the time. But until I put my name on it just now that I'm the guy on the other side of that gap. It's like Carl Jung said, right? I, or is, I think it was Carl Jung. Every or, or maybe it was Freud. Everyone in your dreams is a representation of you, right? Mm. You you may think you're having a sex dream about having sex with your boss, but really you're having sex with yourself is what I, I think Freud would say. Okay. And, <laughs> um, and, and so you got to figure out like what, what, is it that is my my recent stress anxiety dream is that I am like I ha- I'm having a comfortable sleep and then someone wants to sleep so close to me that they're sleeping on my head. So the point that I can't breathe, whether it's my wife or my dog or my cat or my kids, they pile in bed until I can't breathe. And that's like, uh you know, um it it's kind of a textbook overwhelm dream.
1: Right, right, right. right. I
0: am rudderless, directionless and have too much to do. Right. um. But the truth is that that's why the anxiety is a representation of my my inner uh, self being mm-hmm. aware of the fact that I'm overwhelmed and I might as well be sleeping on my own face mm-hmm. and not being able to breathe. And so th- that I think is is a really interesting perspective because it allows me to take ownership of that self inflicted small t trauma, right? Like we it allows have to me take to take it- ownership of the gap. Yeah,
1: it, ownership of the gap, and it was just one question that I asked. So we need to keep asking ourselves those questions. So when we start feeling like we're being judged, okay, wait a minute, wh- from who, where, yeah. how. What what's the truth to say? Right. Like,
0: well, and so I turn it back to you because you work with a lot of people who come to you with that with that. Right. I work out of my house. I don't have a lot of people who can see that I'm holding a fidget spinner right now. Like they can't see that I that I fidget podcast. Right. Right. But um, but what I am most interested in is when people really are judged. Right. Like there are places where I'm sure people come to you in a coaching arrangement and say, look, I'm at a university. I'm at work. I'm at like I'm really struggling with that. How can you help me right. figure out what normal is on the spectrum?
1: Right. It's advocation, I think, is the biggest yeah. thing is you have to advocate for yourself. You have to think through what it is that you need in that circumstance. So mm-hmm. this would be my guidance for someone like, so for example, let's say that someone is on a review or one of those like um, for work, they're on a review thing, like a plan, like an
0: annual review or, or, or they have to like some sort of not oh, an annual yeah, review, the, but
1: like you have to yeah. do these things in the performance, plan. performance plan. Right. So mm-hmm. let's say yeah. you come in with a performance plan and, and this is what they are expecting. And this has happened right for me with my clients before Mm -hmm. this is what they need to have done before this date so what we're working through is okay what do you need what kind of resources do you need what kind of accommodations or help do you need to get to those endpoints and that's where you have to go back to the boss or the supervisor and say you know this is where i need help to make these goals, so that you come in with a solution, I, I think that you can't expect an employer or a professor or any kind of situation like that to know what you need. You have to mm-hmm. tell them what you need, and um, and and you don't necessarily have to tell them that you have ADHD, but it, you know, in a school setting. You certainly can because you're so protected, you know, that Mm -hmm. you, you can ask for those reasonable accommodations and go through your, uh, student services and, and, you know, hopefully they're on your side to, to make that happen. In work, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder. Um, but I think it's, it's going in with the information, really thinking it through about what you need and what's going to support you and not going in like blaming your ADHD or You know, but really trying to work with the person on how, how can I be supported? That's in a really good situation if you have like nice people who are supporting Mm -hmm. you. If that's not the case, I mean, then, you know, you still have to advocate and maybe it's not the right job, right? We've had those conversations before too that we look at this performance plan and we look at the expectations and the person is just like, oh, this is awful. I don't want to do this work. I hate this. I hate this company. This is unfair. Then the the question might be, is this the right job for you? And maybe now is yeah. a good time to look for a new one.
0: How do you get into that, that space? How does advocacy derive from expectation, right? So I have an expectation about what, what normal should be in the way I'm treated, in the way I am communicated with, in, in all of that. How how do I find a way to communicate that when I am uh, uncertain about, you know, my role as an authority to advocate for myself?
1: I think it's practice. I think it's uh, talking to other people about it. I think it's having conversations around it, building that confidence, even role playing Mm -hmm. with your spouse or your partner about, hey, I want to talk to my boss about getting some extra support. Let's role play this. Let's, you know, Mm -hmm. does this sound like, you know, you've got to do some of your research and then you've got to kind of practice it and figure out what you want to say and have it be thoughtful. And even if you're not confident, I think this is the time where you kind of have to pretend to be. And um. You know, it's so hard to answer that question, Pete, because it's so, it can be so different with, it, it could be a different response depending on what the situation is and who you're talking to, right? Yeah. Um, some bosses are so supportive. Some companies are very supportive. I mean, I've had people whose companies pay for their coaching because they really mm-hmm. want them to do well. And then I've had, you know, some people who've come to me and they've lost their jobs, you know, because they didn't perform the way that they thought they should. And, uh, and that's a hard hit to take, you know, when you get fired or, or let go, um, mm-hmm. So, but I, I do think there is something about verbally processing and talking about it. I think mm-hmm. there's something there to say, hey, let's, let's in our community in Discord, let's have a chat about like, how can we advocate for ourselves and have the community, because we talk about community, have the community yeah. come together because One person has probably dealt with this, you know, with a situation that they can share and then another person can share their situation. And then now you've got this like whole uh, room full, Zoom room full (laughs) Mm -hmm. of uh, of knowledge and support that maybe help you guide. So now that we're talking about it, I think community is a huge resource to to figure that out.
0: and And I think you said it earlier there's an edu- there's a massive education component to this too, right mm-hmm. because if you and 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 let's i'm I'm taking at work or or at school like we have an h r role at at work there is a very like the, the, the window is all but closed for explicit discrimination against a d h d right the, the it's it's closed, but implicit discrimination exists mm-hmm. and that's the one where there are massive loopholes. And we've all experienced it in some way, shape, or form, whether we're dealing with it as parents with our kids who are not getting the services they need for some reason or another that is loopholed. um, that uh, That I think that's the important part is to figure out how to define as a community, what normal should look like for those broader communities or micro communities where we exist and help educate them on, on, you know, what that is. I look at my, you know, at my kids' generation and what they have done at just at at the high school in terms of normalizing pronouns, right, Mm -hmm. which is a thing that still breaks my brain only because of habit. I'm trying so hard And I think I'm getting better. I have been told I'm getting better. But if we can normalize around changing language over the course of a few years, then for sure we can normalize these same micro communities around seeing neurodiversity as a spectrum as normal. Right. right? Because that just
1: drives me crazy when we talk about normal. Right. I mean, even like, I'm reading the notes and it says, creating a new normal for acceptance of the neurodiverse community. And, oh, that just stings when I see that. Because why is somebody that is neurodiverse not normal? I don't get that. Like that That's just why makes sense. Normal me mad. has to be,
0: I know, <laughs> yeah. normal has to be representative of the whole spectrum. Of sectrum. everything. When Everyone. you're normal, yeah. it means you exist. Right. right? You're that human. is normal.
1: You're human, yeah. and we're yeah. all human. And yes, uh, that's the part I, I that was scanning one of the projects
0: mad. I was doing as an aside and, and forgive my little aside. One of the projects that I was doing uh, last week was scanning a bunch of news clippings from a very important story that my dad covered when he was still alive, when he was a cub crime journalist. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had, he had worked on this story for a long time and he cut out all the clippings from all the newspapers. And I was reading some of these newspapers and Nikki, I could not believe how far we've come. There are there are headlines that I have scanned that says new hospital for the retarded showing up like uh, that's like 72 point bold headline uh, on the front page of the newspaper. Wow. And uh, so the kind of language that we have actually shed as normal is it's amazing. We've done really hard things. So I get a little bit fired up when we when we find ourselves incapable to move a discussion forward around neurodiversity, the spectrum as a or abnormal. Yeah, right. It just, like that there is an abnormal end it to makes it. There it is, crazy. is not an abnormal end.
1: Well, and that's the thing yeah. is when you're advocating for yourself, you know, all you're doing is saying, hey, this is my this is my weakness. These are my strengths. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm really good at. This is going to take me longer. This is just who I am. This isn't, you know, so the the company, like they have to adjust to you. Like, is this a job that's right for you? If you're not the right employee for them, it's not a good match. You move on and you get something different because it's life's too short to be in a company that is looking at you as not normal. I mean, that's crazy because we're all we all have weaknesses and, and strengths and what we bring to our jobs. And so yes. saying that, hey, I told you this was going to be next week. It's going to take a little bit longer. Like that shouldn't be judged as not being normal. Right. You know, uh, it just, right. yeah, it makes me crazy. And, and I think that um, it's so upsetting too that we can't just go and, and scream and say, I have ADHD. <laughs> and this is what I need. And, and, but at the same time, I know that there's this wall that's still stopping people from doing that because there is still this discrimination out there and judgment. And, um, but going back to our original question, do we know that that's true? And where are we feeling that? And where is that coming from? So digging in a little bit deeper. There's so many layers to this.
0: Yeah. Yeah well there really are and i think those are the big the two big pieces for me and the the first one is obviously what is my role in creating a perception of of judgment mm-hmm. um and and i wonder if we if we ask ourselves that question in a time of peace when we're not feeling immediately judged mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say specifically how many of us could look in the mirror and say okay i'm i am creating I'm creating the reaction as if I am judged when the evidence to being judged is thin.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. That that may be a thing. I don't know if it's a thing. I I, but I wonder if it's a thing for me. I'll bet it's a thing for others.
1: Yeah. And I was just thinking, too, like if there is real judgment there, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: then you also have to figure out how do you work with that? How do you deal with that? you know, and that that's a whole nother layering of conversation of um, being still being confident with who you are, even if somebody says something bad. And I go back to that comment. Mm -hmm. You know, we believe in our podcast. We love doing this. I can't let one comment go you know take me away from what we're the work that we're doing right so we have to right. kind of process that and deal with that in some way too so that you can keep moving on and not get stuck in the RSD mm-hmm. so many layers to this it's yeah. it's pretty profound <laughs>
0: i'm yeah i'm i'm really curious how uh, how others deal with this and have dealt with it we've heard stories over the years of doing this and and i think the you know over over ten years, we've been doing this show, and I, my hunch is that dialogue continues to evolve and continues to change, and as as it should. Um, and and so, please, you know, let's let's maybe start a little conversation in the you know in the show talk channel. If it spins up, we can continue it. Uh, we'll spin up another thread elsewhere. But what does it mean to create a new normal for you? How do you create normal uh, as an adaptation to accepting all of you? Mm-hmm. All of you as uh, as a in in whatever way you consider yourself fluid. I love that. That word has become so important to me, fluid, uh, because it represents so many different things than I think what what, um, you know, what many assume it to be. Then, uh, you know, in in current dialogue, fluid is everything. Mm hmm. And the more we adapt to our own unique fluidity, the better we adapt to what is normal for us. I'm normal. Right. Happy uh, ADHD Awareness Month. Continue to be aware of your normal. Your normal. Hmm. Yeah, maybe like uh, maybe there's a shirt that comes out of this. Yeah, we sure appreciate you, all of you pivoting with us. We appreciate you hanging out and uh, thinking through some of these issues with us. Obviously, we don't have all the answers, and we are excited to explore your answers as well. Uh, thanks for your time and attention. Don't forget, if you do have something to contribute, we hope you have something to contribute. Head over to the Show Talk channel on the Discord server or anywhere on the Discord server. You can get into the Discord server. Just start typing about it. We'd love to see you there. And uh, but we sure appreciate. It if you decide to become a supporting member at the Deluxe Level or Better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.